your hour of thrive time begins now with your host jay mamie on the jay mamie talk show Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want you to know today's show is going to be special. We're going to continue today to develop a narrative that we started about four months ago, which was geared towards how do you position yourself to have a breakthrough year now in 2023. Now, I just want to make sure that uh, most of you understand that we are now here in the first Sunday of December 2023. You may have, uh, you may be listening to this show uh, two, three years post this recording. It doesn't really matter when you listen to the show. In fact, I hope that someone is listening to this show 10 years from now as you are backtracking and binge hearing all of my prior episodes you've come across this one and I believe if you have it's because the message today is going to resonate with you as I know messages sometimes resonate long after the messages are delivered isn't that true sometimes you can have someone say something to you or you could read an article, or you could watch a video, or you could watch a movie, or listen to a song that was aired or played or written a while ago, long before you were around. But you find it at the right time in your life, and that's where it has the most impact and the most meaning. So if that is true, and I completely believe that it is because I have living examples of in my own life, my own personal testimonials about that, then I believe if you're listening to the show today, it's because you're supposed to. It's because there's something that is going to be said in this broadcast that will have a lifelong impact for you and for those that are around you as well. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this broadcast today. But again, as I said earlier, this is the first Sunday in November. Um, I'm sorry, December of 2023. We are in the tail end of a new uh, of a year. We're in a home stretch of this uh, year of 2022. And we're going to continue this narrative that I started four months ago, which was how do you position yourself to have a fantastic 23. And by the way, let's just be clear. I know that it that all of us, if you are a thriver, and I believe if you're listening to the show, it's because you're a thriver, you want to have a better year next year than you had this year. This year may have been great, but next year is going to be a year that I know that if you're like me and like many thrivers out there, you want it to be better. Right. I mean, isn't that what it's about? It's about getting to the next level of life where you are experiencing much better things, fruitful, prosperous in any and many areas of your life. So if that's the case, that's what we've been speaking about and broadcasting about with many different topics, many different speakers for the last four months. And today's going to be no different. In fact, today I'm going to take a little special a little bit more time to really deliver a special message, a talk, a training, what I, what many of you now have come to know as Thrive Talk. We're going to extend my Thrive Talk segment from just a, one segment to two because I'm loaded up with some good stuff here, folks, that will give you a chance to understand another way to position yourself to thrive not only in this next year, but years and years afterwards, and these are going to be very reality-based ways for you to live, and this is the topic of today's talk, show, today's Thrive Talk, how to live a preemptive life, how to live a preemptive life. You can't thrive or expect to thrive if you live a life where you are often blindsided, caught off guard. In other words, something sneaks up on you that throws you off course. It absolutely stifles your progress. It paralyzes you, whether uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially. And a lot of these things that come out of nowhere really didn't come out of nowhere. You just weren't prepared for them. You were sort of uh, living your life with your head stuck in the sand or maybe in some delusional denial 
uh, uh, mindset. It, you didn't pay attention to the clues, and the clues were all over the place, and you didn't uh, live a preemptive life, and therefore you find yourself in a bad place where thriving has come to a dead halt. No reason to have that happen for you. And today we're going to talk about how do you live a preemptive life in a number of areas that I believe are critical. Are they, they cannot be washed over. You know, you, you just cannot uh, uh, be asleep at the wheel in certain areas of your life and then expect to thrive. We're going to dive into that because that is part of our narrative for these four months. Yeah, you know what? These last four months, we've been talking about health and we've been talking about business and authors and all sorts of things that make up the, the, the winning formula of this broadcast. But sometimes we've got to talk about the real deal. In our last broadcast, I, I talked about how do you thrive in the middle of grieving? That's important, right? In fact, I know it was a big uh, talk because most of my listeners responded back with fabulous feedback. A lot of folks are in that place. Obviously, in the holiday season, we reflect on those that are, are not with us this holiday season who were lost this year. And it becomes difficult, right? It becomes a bit of a challenge to have uh, this aura of celebration and there's one less person to celebrate with. So we spoke about that in our last show. If you've not had a chance to listen to that broadcast, and uh, as many of you already know, you can hop on over to my talk show site, the jmamietalkshow.com, and there you'll have access to not only all of my prior broadcasts, but you'll find who was on there and what we spoke about. You'll also have a chance to see who's coming up next, which is a good thing. We've got a loaded up schedule for upcoming guests now in the following uh, year. There's no shortage of those folks that are going to be here. But I also want to make sure that you understand you can listen to all my prior broadcasts at your favorite podcast platform. So it's Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. We're on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So you can Track us down there and listen to my Pride broadcast. And you could also visit me, by the way, at my regular site, the jmamietalkshow.com. There you'll have a chance to look up all of my other goodies, my books, my blogs, my videos, my sales courses, all the stuff that we have available to make sure that you are thriving in your life where it matters most. So we appreciate you being here today. Now, let's get back into this conversation about living a preemptive life. I said earlier, you cannot find yourself in a situation where an unexpected occurrence throws you off kilt. Now, there will always be a situation that will come up in our lives that we're not expecting, and it throws you off kilt. <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I experienced recently is the passing of my own mother. It was somewhat unexpected. At least she had not been well. Uh, you know, she was in early, early, early stages of dementia, but physically she was fine. She had a couple ailments here and there, but nothing major, but she had been in the hospital uh, recently and uh, she was recovering. In fact, there was plans to have her come home and have hospice care and, and nursing care and stuff like that. And just one day she, her heart rate was really low, which it had been fairly low. The pressure was low and, and it wasn't uh, as strong as it could have been. And she caught a cold. Somehow she caught a cold at the hospital and it just didn't have the strength enough to survive that. And I got the phone call from my brother that mom passed. Wasn't expecting that. And not expecting it four days before Thanksgiving either. Uh, so there are things that are going to happen in your life that you cannot anticipate. Um, but for the most part, there are some areas of your life that you can live preemptively so that if they do occur, you will find yourself prepared. When you prepare ahead of time, you can handle those preemptive situations a lot better when they do occur, if they occur at all. Let me give you the first one. We're going to spend time talking in this segment, the rest of it, and the next one in the areas that I think preempting is important. Parenting. We're going to talk about skill sets and career and business personal skill set, etiquette skill sets, important. You'll find out why. Health, preemptive actions in your health, preemptive actions 
in your finance, preemptive actions in your personal growth and development, your own wellness, what's going on in your head, and how can you live a preemptive life so you could avoid any potential uh, severe area or time or season of discouragement and even depression, right? You can't thrive if things like this are happening, so you have to be preemptive. Let me share with you what I mean about preemptive in the areas of parenting, and it's, it's more about post-parenting. I have a son who's 13 years old, but I have two kids that are older. They're already pretty much on their own. One's 25, one's 23. So they are, you know, they're moving on, building their own lives. But I've got a 13-year-old who's still home. And as I was having a conversation with one of my clients a few days ago, she was sharing with me that uh, her kids are also in their early 20s. And she was so happy that her and her husband lived and have continued to develop preemptive measures for when their two boys move out of the house. So I said to her, what do you mean by that? She says, you know, I had a conversation with my friends not too long ago, and all of them said something that resonated with with me at that moment, and that was their kids are moving on. All her friends are her age, early 50s, and as you know, most parents, most adults that are in their 50s, typically those kids are moving on. Like, that's my story. So what happens if you and your spouse didn't take preemptive actions while your little ones were growing up, teenagers, young adults, uh, toddlers, and so on, and that preemptive action is basically still finding things to talk about and, and experiences to share that have nothing to do with the kids. <laughs> I mean, isn't that true? If you're a parent... You have to agree with me that a parent of young kids, kids that are still home for the most part, you have to agree that the conversations that you have predominantly are centered around household things, and those household things usually revolve around kids. Something's happening with the kid. Who's got this schedule? Who did this? Who did that? And so on and so forth. Or work, business or work, right? That is usually the predominant topic of conversation for husband and wife who are raising families or they're working, they have businesses for a long period of time. That's the center of that relationship. That's the center of those conversations. Very rare do they find other things to talk about that have nothing to do with kids and work They rarely find other experiences to embrace, to enjoy together that have nothing to do with uh, children or work or anything else. I'm thankful that me and my wife have had opportunities to do things that have nothing to do with our kids so that we can have conversations and develop, uh, still cultivate and, and develop and grow our relationship, our friendship long after the kids are gone. Well, that is being preemptive. My client who shared with me what her and her husband have done for many, many, many years, they have lived and are practicing a preemptive post-parenting life so that when their kids are gone, they don't stare at each other wondering, what are we going to talk about? In fact, there are many people who divorce after the kids move out, and that's because they have nothing in common any longer. They never developed and continued to evolve their early relationship past the identity of parents. And if you're going to be a thriver long after parenting comes to, well, I'm not, like, listen, parenting never comes to an end, but that responsibility of having those kids in your home, once they're on their own and you've got an empty nest, or maybe you're close to retirement, if you don't have anything else that you can talk about, then you did not live a preemptive life. And your ability to thrive in other areas, especially in your marriage, and that relationship will more than likely be non-existent because you have very little that you can relate to, very little that you can have as a conversation where you have uh, now something fresh and new to talk about, or you didn't really develop a marital resume over the course of those years when you were entrenched in parenting. Does that make sense? Post 
Parenting, preemptive actions, very important. Continue to develop relationships so that you don't find yourself once those kids are out of the house or you're close to retirement and you're together. You don't find yourself struggling because you've got nothing in common. You won't thrive in your relationship. You won't thrive in anything if you're facing that situation. And many of you might be facing that situation right now. I hope that you can make it through. I hope you can resolve it and find yourself on the other side as a thriver. Folks, we're going to come back after the break. We're going to tackle four more issues. I can't wait. See you after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Hi, this is Jay Mamie. As a lifelong fitness enthusiast and professional bodybuilder, I know the importance of removing impurities and flushing out toxins to maintain a healthy colon and intestinal system. This is why I take and recommend Renew from First Fitness Nutrition. It also has helped me replenish my probiotics, which is necessary for a healthy gut. Learn more at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a fascinating conversation, a drive talk about preemptive behaviors so that you can thrive. We tackled preemptive behaviors on post parenting so you can thrive. After the kids leave the house, after you have uh, retired, you can still thrive in your marriage, in your relationship, in your partnership, right? It's important. But I want to look at four other areas where you have to have preemptive measures taken if you're going to thrive. And one of them is in your career, uh, in your business. If you are in a profession that requires you to have a development of skills, ongoing development of skills, then the last thing you want to find out is that you didn't qualify for that promotion. You didn't qualify for that next level in your company simply because you lacked the skill sets necessary to earn the promotion, to beat out the other person for that highly sought after role in the company. See, it doesn't make any sense that if you already know what that next level role or or promotion requires of you in terms of a skill set, it doesn't make any sense for you not to pursue that skill set in order for you to be in a great position and not get passed over if that opportunity becomes available in your company. See, that's being preemptive. Preemptive in your ability to pursue the skill needed to earn the right to fight or even just get called out to that next promotion. No reason not to have those skill sets. And same thing if you're in business. I see so many sales professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs fail to understand the importance of of developing the ability to communicate your content effectively, whether it's a product or an opportunity or uh, an initiative, whatever it is that you are selling, that you're promoting. I see so many individuals, good people, not reach the heights of success that they can reach simply because they don't take preemptive measures. And in this case, Working on your sales skills, working on your presentation skills, working on the skills of persuasion. I'm at the, uh, we're at the end of the year now, and I put out recently on LinkedIn a post that picked up a lot of traction, but I think a lot of people got, uh, they like the traction, they like the visual, they like my graphic. It's right off of my new book, 
And my point was, if you've got a new year coming, then don't overlook the essentials of what a new year demands, of what success demands. If you're in a business owner ownership position or if you're an entrepreneur or in sales, that you can't rely on the skill sets of yesterday to have success tomorrow. You cannot rely on the sale on the skill sets of yesterday and expect a much more fruitful breakthrough tomorrow. So preemptively go out and learn new skill sets. Go out and become better at your ability to persuade, at to give effective presentations. So that when success comes knocking on your door, you are prepared. When that amazing client shows up and uh, you have an opportunity to do something incredible that'll push your company, push your sales, it'll push what you are uh, pursuing, uh, it'll accelerate that success, that you're not caught off guard, you're not ready because you didn't take the time to take the preemptive measures necessary, which were to get better, to learn new skills. That's important. Hey, how about speaking skills? That's a preemptive measure. If you are in a business or a career or if you are pursuing an avenue that requires you to share a message, content, orally to another person, to a group of people, then your speaking skills must have the effectiveness necessary to relay a strong message, to be convincing to be able to take people, your listening audience, from one point of emotion to another point of emotion, from understanding what you are trying to say to maybe laughing at something that you've said that's funny. Your ability to speak is critical, and a preemptive measure is getting those skill sets today. I belong to a uh, an online resources group. I won't give the name of that particular resources group, but it's a website where people can go and look for those who can help them shore up areas of skill development that they're lacking. So whether it's writing a book, whether it's presentation, and in this case, speaking, I coach and teach others how to speak in front of a group. And so many individuals on this particular site all find themselves taking preemptive measures, which is a good thing. Because they seek out speaking coaches to help them become more effective at presentation, at speaking, at at simply just having the confidence to talk to another person one-on-one. Well, that's important. If you're going to thrive and if your ability to thrive in one area or another has a lot to do with how you speak, then you have to take preemptive measures and develop speaking skills. How about Etiquette skills, learning how to develop this, almost this ability to, in many areas in social settings, uh, say the right thing, react the right way, uh, or ask the right questions, uh, behave appropriately. You know, there's so many people that are professionals that are oftentimes in social settings, and they're the most awkward individuals in the room. I'm in meetings and networking events all the time, friends, and I can pick out people that are uncomfortable in their own skin. They're socially awkward. You ever meet those people? They're just socially awkward. They say all the kooky things. They act weird. They're spooky. Now, when they're on their own, they're okay. (laughs) They don't scare anybody when they're by themselves. But you put them in a room, and they just, they don't know what to do. They're so awkward. Uh, Those are Etiquette skills, if you're lacking that confidence because your etiquette skills are not where they need to be, well, preemptive measures means learn how to become a little bit more uh, astute in your etiquette. That's a skill. It can take you a long way. Let's consider two other areas that preemptive measures have to be taken. You have to have preemptive actions in place so that you can thrive in these two areas. One is your health and one is your finances. I was reading a statistic the other day that the average American family has less than $500 saved. Now, you can blame inflation, you can blame gas prices, and those are all reasonable, rational explanations for not having as much savings. But this was happening long before the last 12 months, 14 months, 20 months, two, three, four, five years. 
Americans have not done a very good job at saving money. So what happens when you have an unexpected expense, when an emergency occurs? You didn't take preemptive actions in saving money. That preemptive uh, preemptive uh, decision to put away a few more dollars, find yourself, you find yourself in a situation where you resolve to using your credit cards, thereby getting more into debt than you already are. Because you didn't take preemptive measures to save more money for the rainy day experience. And now you find yourself in a greater hole than you were before. Or not saving any money at all for your kid's college education. Yet you know that Junior, once he's born, two, three, four, five years into it, at some point if he stays alive and if he stays healthy and if all is well, he probably will end up going to college. You didn't take any preemptive measures and here comes college and you didn't save any money. And Junior doesn't qualify for scholarships, so now what's going to happen? Preemptive measures. Same thing about your retirement. Saving money for retirement, it's important. You know, you can't count on the government anymore, and you certainly can't count on your job anymore. The only person you can count on is you. That's preemptive thinking. I better save some money. I better put some away. Because no one's going to take care of me in my old age. Health. Let me wrap up here this segment with health. And I'm speaking about emotional health, physical health, spiritual health. That's the health I'm talking about. What preemptive measures are you taking so that you can avoid the chaotic disaster of finding your health being jeopardized or having a crisis occur because you weren't paying attention? You weren't working out. You weren't meditating you weren't eating the right foods you weren't getting around the right people you weren't getting the right advice you weren't taking the supplements you weren't taking the walks you weren't eating the apples and now you find yourself in a place where you are discouraged depressed emotionally unstable not feeling the way you should feel in order to thrive because you didn't take the preemptive measures you know it's too late when your body's so busted that you can't do much about it it's too late should have done it sooner And many of you are still in a position where you can avoid that if you're serious about taking preemptive actions. Your health can still take you to a great place, can still help you thrive if you take your health seriously. And we've talked about that on this program many, many times. Folks, I hope that this Thrive Talk has had an impact at whatever point you hear this program, whether it's today or in the future. Be proactive about preemptive tactics, and you will find that when life throws curveballs, you'll be that much more prepared. Folks, we're coming back right after the break. iCryo is bringing high-tech wellness to biohacking to a luxury level. iCryo is on a mission to elevate lifestyle. All services are designed to help guests feel better, look better, and push them towards achieving their health and beauty goals. Services include whole body cryotherapy, red light therapy, infrared sauna, IV, vitamin shots, and many, many more. You can visit them at iCryo.com. That's iCryo.com. My recent guest, Travis Ayla, president and founder of Elevated Formula, wants you to know that he can help you build a team and show you the difference on how to work on your business instead of in your business. He'll teach you how to leverage yourself to implement systems and build a team to free yourself from being self-employed. Make sure you visit Travis Ayla at TravisAyla.com. That is T-R-A-V-I-S-A-L-A.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm looking forward to our first guest here, Whitney Johnson, as we open up our featured guest spotlight. Whitney Johnson is not only the award-winning author of Disrupt Yourself and the best-selling Build an A-Team, but she's a world-class keynote speaker. She's a frequent lecturer for Harvard Business School's Corporate Learning. 
She's a popular contributor to the Harvard Business Review, and she has 1.8 million followers on LinkedIn. In fact, she was selected as a top voice on LinkedIn in 2020, and her course on fundamentals of entrepreneurship has been viewed more than a million times. She also hosts the weekly Disrupt Yourself podcast, which has featured some of the biggest names in thought leadership uh, space. So I'm excited to have her on the show. Whitney, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. I know your busy schedule uh, often has you pulled in many directions. So I appreciate you taking the time to to be with us today and to share your wisdom with our listening audience. But before we dive into all of the goodness that we've got to unwrap here, can you share a little bit about your earlier journey? Yes, absolutely. And what a lovely introduction. Your goodness to unwrap. Let's see if we can do that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I started, um, I actually graduated from college in music. So I played the piano in college and um, didn't really plan on becoming a musician. I think I had some vague notion that I would get married and have children, which I have done. Um, <laughs> but then something interesting happened, which was I did get married, and my husband and I went to New York, and he was in graduate school, and we needed to eat, and so someone needed to buy that food. That person turned out to be me. I got a job Hmm. working as a secretary because I was a music major. I wasn't really qualified for much at that point. Um, Started as a secretary working for a retail stockbroker. But one of the interesting things that happened for me in this place that I was in. It was a very exciting time. It was the late 80s, early 90s, the era of working girl and liar's poker. And so I would go to work every day and I'd have all these people next to my desk in this bullpen and they would say things to their people that they were trying to open brokerage accounts with and get them to buy stocks of, you know, throw down your pom-poms and get in the game. And first I was super offended because I had been a cheerleader in high school. (laughs) But then... I thought, hmm, maybe I need to throw down my pom-poms. And that was really the beginning of me kind of shifting in my mind and disrupting myself for the first time, even though I would not have known it to call it that then. And so I started taking business courses at night in accounting, finance, economics, um, had a boss who believed in me, which allowed me to move from from being a secretary to an investment banker, which rarely happens, then moved into equity research, got, um, was disrupted again because my boss was fired, basically got shoved into equity research. So I was disrupted that time, Mm. did that for about eight years, became an institutional investor ranked analyst. And then, um, decided around 2005 that it was time for me to disrupt myself. I thought I was leaving wall street forever. Um, but I had connected with Clayton Christensen at the Harvard Business School, who had written this fantastic book called The Innovator's Dilemma, which helped me understand what disruption actually was, um, this silly little thing that takes over the world, and thought, I want to become an entrepreneur, but I turned out that I worked with Clayton, co-founded the Disruptive Innovation Fund with him, did that for about five years, fast forward to 2012, do now have children, et cetera, and decide to disrupt myself again, leave investing, and really focus on building a business around these ideas of personal disruption, the S-curve of learning, Mm. and helping grow people through personal disruption. So music major to helping coach and advise and, and, and help companies grow their their top and their bottom line and i love that story you started as a, a music major and again honestly you you mentioned that's probably not what you were going to pursue uh so that the seed of disruption was already uh being fertilized in you even at, as you were listening and taking those those music courses in college but it, it's a point that people have to listen to and often pay attention pay attention and it's an encouragement point it's a point that where you start doesn't mean it's where you're going to end it's just where you start right it has nothing to do with how you end and you're a classic example of that uh, you didn't hold on to music you held on to what was going to be your passion and that moved you in that direction who you are today but speaking about disrupting your career and, and yourself as a whole all, and, and one of my prior shows i spoke about having a rebellious spirit in fact i spoke about taking a <laughs> sabbatical but having mm-hmm. a rebellious soul is is one thing but disrupting 
your career and yourself is a, is a whole other. So let's talk about that. What would you say is the premier telltale sign or an internal indicator that disruption is calling? Mm, such a great question. Um, and the reason it's disruption um, is that when you decide to disrupt yourself, you're basically stepping back from who you are and what you're doing right now. And in that step back, people look at you and think you've lost your mind because whatever, you know, the status quo seems to make a lot of sense, but you're stepping back so you can slingshot forward. So that's why it's so confusing to people because it doesn't look logical on Mm. the face of it. Mm. Um, The telltale sign I would say is that you, um, You've gotten to this point where you're pretty good at what you're doing. You've figured it out. You're able to, you know, get the work done. Um, and but there's so functionally, you're doing everything you need to do. But there's an emotional job that stops being done. You start to feel like I think there might be more for me. There, there's sort of this yearning inside. I need to continue to grow. I need to continue to develop. And if I try to stay where I am, um, I'm either going to self sabotage and and get kicked off the mountain that I'm on, my my plateau will become a precipice, or I'm just going to die inside a little bit. And so there's that feeling of, I don't want to die inside a little bit, so Mm -hmm. I guess I better do something. I guess I better disrupt myself. Now, would you say that boredom or this this lackluster excitement to learning, because you've you've sort of arrived at a place where you feel like I've learned as much as I'm going to learn, and then you start to get this unsettled feeling. Would that be uh, one of those internal indicators? And was that an indi- an internal indicator for you as you've had many disruptions over the last uh, you know, two decades? Yeah, it absolutely is. There. There, I mean, you can look at sometimes, you know, how long have you been doing what you've been doing? If you've been doing the exact same thing for three or four years and nothing's changed, that's sometimes an external indicator. But it is that, that boredom. So one of the things that happens is um, in, our, in, in our work, we have this S-curve of learning framework. And every time you start something new, you're at the base of an S and, and, you know, you feel like you have no idea what you're doing and it's super overwhelming and super scary, but you're growing really fast. And then you move into that steep part of the S where you're growing fast and it's fun and you feel exhilarated and it's a sweet spot. And then you get to the top of the S and there's a part of you that says, I'm at the top of this mountain. This is fantastic. But like Hmm. I said earlier, that plateau can become a precipice because now what's happening is you're, you're not learning. You've become bored. And so, uh, and since growth is our default setting, you now have to Hmm. make a choice of, okay, am I going to stay here when in fact you can't actually stay here? Um, So eventually you'll get disrupted or am I going to proactively choose to disrupt myself? And when I say disrupt myself, um, it's not always go change jobs, you know, move to a new state. Um, You can disrupt yourself in lots of little micro ways every single day. Um, And so there's big disruption and there's small disruption, but both over the long term do lead to big disruption. I like what you said earlier, uh, Whitney, when you said growth is our default setting. And I've never mm-hmm. heard it put that way, but I, I've got to share with you for a split second, I did a sort of an internal check and I said, you know what, that's right, because I'm always looking to, to grow and, and to develop. Uh, now, I know my listeners may be thinking, well, I don't have any growth defect, uh, default setting in me. And I would probably say there is somewhere, somehow, something in you that wants to continue to advance and progress. You've got to find out what that is and latch on to that. But you mentioned the S-curve. When we come back after the break, and, and we could open up the conversation, but when we come back after the break, how does the S-curve play such a role in disruption discovery? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we do that after the break? Because I want to take on this growth as a default setting. I absolutely believe 100% that we are wired to grow. I, I just, I will, I will fall on my sword on that statement. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that if we think that we don't care about growing, something has happened in our lives where we believe that growth is not possible for mm. us, or we've 
gotten discouraged. We've gotten a mindset that it isn't possible because I do believe that it is in fact our default setting. And so if we, if we're to the point where we feel like it isn't, then that's an opportunity for us to figure out how to, to reset and start to believe that it is. Well put, well put. And we will pick up the S curve question, Whitney, right after the break. Hey everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available. Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases, is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at the Jay jmaney.com are your sales lagging are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling hi this is jay mamie the host of the jay mamie talk show and the curator of the thrive sales mastery course i want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling go to my course the thrive sales mastery course get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want thrive sales mastery Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a fantastic conversation with Whitney Johnson here. We left off in our last segment talking about how the S-curve plays a role in disruption discovery. So, Whitney, let's pick up from there. All right. So let me give you a little bit of background on the S-curve. So this is something that has been used for decades. Um, it was popularized by E.M. Rogers in 1962 to help people figure out how quickly an innovation would be adopted. And, and I had this big aha that we could actually help us understand. It. We could use it to help us understand um, the, the science of how we grow, how we develop. And so what I want all of you to do right now is picture in your mind, um, take your finger and draw an, an S. So start with a you know, small line across and basically say every time you start something new, you are the base of that S. Um, you've started a new project, you've started a new role, you've started a new job, you've gone on a vacation for the first time in 18 months, for example. Well, when you're at the base of that S, growth is absolutely happening, but you can't see it. it. There's not enough that you can see it, and it takes a lot of time for you to feel like anything's really happening. And so it can feel very much like a slog, like, oh, why did I even start doing this? And, oh, by the way, I really, you know, I, I'm uncomfortable. This isn't my identity. I, I like who I was before. And so when you know that growth is going to be like that, when you start something new, it really normalizes the process and makes you feel like, oh, okay, I'm super uncomfortable and awkward. It doesn't mean I shouldn't have taken this job. It just means I'm at the base of the S. This is normal. Then what happens is you put in that time, that energy, you start to accelerate into that deep, sleek back of that S. And I want you to draw it with your hand as I'm talking through mm -hmm. it. And this is the sweet spot of that S. Because what happens now is whereas at the launch point, it took a lot of time for it to feel like anything was happening. Now in a little time, a lot happened. So it was slow, it felt slow, and now it is fast. Because now it's hard, but it's not too hard, and it's easy but not too easy. And so all your neurons are firing. You feel exhilarated. You feel like this is right where I'm supposed to be. And this is that sweet spot of your growth. And then the third part of it is you get into mastery. And this is now I want you to take another swoop with your hand and you've got this vertical, excuse me, horizontal line where you've now you're at the top of the mountain. You've figured things out. You're pretty good at whatever it is you were trying to do. You've mastered it. Um, the only challenge is, is that because you've mastered it, you're no longer learning. You're no longer getting the dopamine, that mm -hmm. feel-good effect that comes with learning. Mm -hmm. And so you say to yourself, well, now what do I do? You're at the top of the mountain if you want to continue to grow because growth is our default setting. As we said a moment ago, you have to keep climbing. 
keep climbing may mean that you do a brand new role. It may mean that you do a brand new project or you may decide, you know what, this is a summit, but it's not the summit. I'm going to find ways to re-engage in this particular job by taking on new projects or taking on new people that I'm mentoring so that you can continue to climb on that exact same S-curve. But when you understand this, you have this model in your mind for what growth looks like, I can bet that every one of your listeners will start mapping out their, their life, high school, college, first job, second job, and say, oh, yes, my life is a series of S-curves. That's brilliant. I've never heard it put that way. And Whitney, I appreciate that that analogy so much because it's a strong visual. And you're right. As you just said the last few seconds that if you look at the, your life, I did for, for those uh, split seconds, you're absolutely right. My life has been an S-curve. Absolutely right. So I appreciate you helping our audience understand how to sort of take this visual and apply it to their lives. But I've got a question. When you're at the top, because there's a lot of folks, and you and I both can agree to this, we both know people like this, they get to the top mm-hmm. of the S-curve, and then they either freeze, they don't want to move, they get comfortable, they get cozy, they don't grow. Mm-hmm. When you're at the top of that S-curve, what essentially do you rob yourself of by choosing to stay there? Mm. Well, the first thing I want to say, I'm going to digress for two seconds. I think that's been one of the gifts of this last 18 months is that um, as challenging as it has been, it pushed all of us off the top of the proverbial Mm S-curve and pushed all of us to the launch point of a new S-curve, which is fraught with difficulty, but it's also a tremendous opportunity. And so that's one of the reasons why we're going to see a lot of growth and development over the next couple of years because we've all been unmoored in a way that that gives opportunity for growth. Um, So so to to answer your question, um, if you're at the top of a curve and you don't decide to grow, you're going to stagnate. And when you start to stagnate, um, you start to feel discouraged or Mm -hmm. angry or bitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you start to kind of close in on yourself. And if you're not growing, you're dying. And so that's that piece of I'm dying inside just a little bit. But one thing I will say for people, a quick little hack, is that we do like the status quo. We do prefer it. Um, uh, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky, the, the behavioral economists, said that we're, we're 2.2 times more motivated by what we lose than by what we gain. And so mm. one of the things you can do when you're at the top of a curve and you're thinking, I don't really want to jump and you can't get motivated by it, but if I jumped, if I did something new, I could, you know, if I got up 15 minutes earlier tomorrow, I could, you know, write a book, for example. The thing that you can do to motivate yourself is say, all right, I like where I am, and this is super comfortable. I don't want to get up earlier, for example, but what am I going to lose if I don't? So you start to raise the stakes by thinking about what you'll lose if you decide to stay where you are. And that definitely tends to motivate me. For quick example, I can say to myself, if I prepare to do this interview that I'm going to have with Jay right now, I will feel so good well, that doesn't motivate me as much as if I'm not prepared to talk to Jay, I will feel really embarrassed. Mm-hmm. That motivates me more. And so that's you can use that thing of what will I lose if I don't continue to grow? You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think one of the areas where people can certainly consider what they're going to lose if they stay there, stay sort of stay stuck, comfortably stuck, I call it, is you lose out <laughs> on the experiences that await you and life is an experience it life is a series of experiences and you're right at the top of that s curve what you will rob yourself of is the joy of new experiences would you agree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely and and yeah well put okay now exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> mic drop <laughs> So let's talk about disruption because disruption has two sides to what I call the benefit coin. One benefits Mm -hmm. the individual. We've been talking about that. But the other and more of a corporate or organizational setting, which which is an area that you're huge in, the other benefactor of that disruption coin is really the manager or the director or the CEO. But, but for those that are wondering, how is that beneficial? How is disruption beneficial to the manager director? You, you explain that well. Can you do that now? 
Yeah. Okay. So it, it benefits in a number of different ways. Number one, um, it benefits the person that you're allowing to disrupt themselves because when you're at the top of an S curve, you've got an innovative capacity that is latent, right? You're not learning in the same way that you were. And so when you allow that person to jump to a new S curve, you are unleashing and unlocking their innovative capacity on behalf of the organization, if not your team. So that's that person. That within your team itself, you are allowing people who are maybe in the sweet spot who are ready to move into mastery to continue to expand their role and their contribution to the organization. So you're, you're unleashing their capacity by allowing someone who's at the top of the curve to jump to the bottom of a new curve. And then the third thing you do um, is that you as a manager um, now become known as a talent developer. You're Mm. a boss, you're a manager that people want to work for because they know that if they work for you, you're going to work them hard, you're going to develop them. And once they are developed, if you can't find something for them to do on your team, they, you will help them find something to do on another team. And what we know is that longevity in an organization, a very strong predictor of that is, do I perceive that there is opportunity for me in this organization? Is there a growth upside for me? And if there is, people stay. And if there isn't, they'll say, I feel stuck. I've got to go find something new. Or they'll just check out. But in terms of staying and and contributing, they perceive that there's upside. So it it benefits the individual that's moving. It benefits the individuals who stay and move up the S-curve. It benefits the boss because they become a talent magnet. And it benefits the organization overall because now you have three people who are all very productive, Mm -hmm. very engaged, moving through that, that growth curve. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. There is benefits. This is more like the three-sided coin, if there's such a thing as more of a, of a, three-side, a three-dimensional coin here because everyone benefits from it. But in our last couple of minutes here, uh, you know, because I, I, I can almost hear the thoughts of people listening. So, uh, disruption, disruption, I get it, I get it. And then you have people that will take this thought and they'll go off the deep end, meaning they will be impulsive, not give a thought, mm. And, and because they're there, they're ready to disrupt, but they don't have the wisdom because disruption takes wisdom. So in our last minute or two here, what would you say would be the wise steps for someone or, or a company who wants to disrupt their lives mm-hmm. without disrupting their foundational work, without sabotaging what they've worked so hard for to put in place and everyone else around them too? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's such a great question. And I've done that before. When I when I first left Wall Street, um, I I did a little bit of that sort of helter skelter willy nilly. And not that it wasn't the right decision, but I didn't quite prepare to do it um, in the way that I could have. And so I think the advice that I would give, the advice my husband would give, <laughs> is that when you when you want to disrupt yourself, I think it's really important to go to your truth tellers, to the people around you, mm. and say, you know, I want to do this. I think this is important. If I don't do it, I'm going to die inside. And our relationships are important. And I understand that my jumping to a new S-curve is going to mean that you effectively are going to have to jump to a new S-curve. So what can we do so that it will work for all of us, for the good of all of us? So embrace the fact that you have that constraint, knowing that in the process of doing that, that jump may, be, um, may take a little bit longer, but it will be more measured and you will, you will mitigate the risk on the downside. So, so absolutely right. There can be too much, um, but I think if you're willing to listen to the, the truth tellers, the people that you trust, you'll then be able to do this in a way that will allow you to grow, but also create a context and an ecosystem for the people around you that you love and you care about to grow as well. Wonderful. Sage advice from the guru. Folks, I'm so excited that we've had a chance to have Whitney on the show. uh, And we really just superficially covered the topic matter. That's why, Whitney, you have an open mic here, and I hope that in the future you'll join us again. Well, thank you, Jay. It's been a pleasure. Folks, another fantastic episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We want to encourage you to come on back next Sunday for another hour of Thrive Time.